a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living, which is exactly what makes them extra to me, and I'm excited for you to meet them. Now, for anybody uh, who grew up uh, like I did in the kind of late 70s, 80s, uh, you remember how every once in a while on our favorite sitcoms, uh, they'd have a very special episode. You know, kind of where they got all serious on us, you know, like the time when when Fonzie had a nervous breakdown or when Mork and Mindy got a divorce or when Bo and Luke Duke realized that they weren't really brothers at all. <clears throat> Just kidding on all those. Those never happened, but those would have been great episodes for very special episodes. Um, well, anyway, the reason I'm, I'm bringing that up is today we have a very special episode of Mana, uh, not because we're going to get all sad. But because, as, uh, as some of our more loyal listeners know, I'm usually the one uh, asking our guests who the most influential men in their lives were when they were growing up. Um, and today, on this very special episode of MANA, uh, we're kind of turning the tables a little bit. Uh, we're actually going to be talking to a guest who was one of the most influential men to me when I was growing up, uh, not only in areas of faith, of which we'll definitely chat about here, uh, but also in aspects of creativity and expression and compassion, uh, as I met him uh, as my fifth grade teacher back in Annandale, Minnesota. And then later, as I matured into a very wise middle schooler, uh, our guest shaped my faith one Wednesday night at a time as the leader of an ecumenical youth group that, uh, that, that none of his own kids attended, by the way, which is very unique when we think of all the volunteer work we've all done with our churches. It's usually because we got to drive a kid there anyway, so we might as well teach. And he didn't do that. His, his, his children were much younger. And so he would basically spend his whole day with, with people like me and then his, and then, and then a night with, with kids like me. And so uh, anyway, just a, an unbelievably generous uh, and patient uh, man um, who helped us all uh, explore matters of faith uh, mixed in with uh, healthy doses of Mountain Dew and pizza and movies and foosball and music festivals, um, so many other uh, great experiences, uh, all centered around getting to know Jesus on a personal level. Uh, even though we didn't sometimes even know we were doing it, that was the genius of our guest. Uh, back in the day and still today. And I literally never uh, would have had any of those experiences um, and wouldn't be the guy that I am today without his selfless and tireless work. So it is a real treat today to, to, to be able to reconnect with this uh, early influencer of my faith uh, after all these years uh, to uh, ask the kinds of questions that I was way too young and way too self-centered to ask when I was 13 years old. <laughs> so anyway, please welcome today's man of man uh, all the way from uh, sunny uh, Arizona, Mr. Uh, Jeff Quisberg. Mr. Quisberg, welcome to Mana. Thank you so much. I'm sitting here humbly blush blushing with the kind words you've said about me. Um, 
it's just touching and special to be able to visit with you tonight. Well, it is uh, the, the the honor and the treat. Uh, is all mine. And now, um, you know, we talked about, about, you know, meeting way back in the day as a fifth grade teacher. And I know your teaching days um, are long behind as you, you know, spent uh, the, 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 the later uh, chapters as an administrator and leading schools. Um, but, you know, as, as I met you, uh, you know, thankfully, uh, as this really gifted uh, teacher and connector with young people, you know, delivering messages, uh, you know, in the classroom, you know, that were so engaging, you know, and really surrounding young people with an experience. I mean, I remember, uh, and you probably don't remember this, uh, but I remember coming back from Christmas break that fifth grade year, and you had transformed our entire classroom into this like Western, like gold rush mining vibe thing. <laughs> and, and, and because it connected to what we were learning. And it was just this, I still remember it, I, even though I don't remember, you know, exactly what to call it. I remember the planks and all that. And it was just, I mean, everybody was just like amazed. So anyway, I kind of want to start there. When did you realize that you had this gift to, to really, you know, uh, connect with young people and, and create these experiences that transcended, you know, just kind of the typical sort of, you know, education experience? I don't know that there's a particular time. I went to college believing that I was going to be a pharmacist and uh, started in med school for two years. And uh, I got real tired of going to bed at three in the morning after studying and being at a calculus class again at uh, 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> and uh, it was brought to my attention that maybe I was the fabric of a school teacher. And both of my grandmas were school teachers, so I thought, well, I'll give it a whirl. And uh, when I found my way into uh, the elementary classroom, uh, we knew there were things we needed to teach, there were things we had to teach, and there were things we wanted to teach. And mm. I wanted our kids to want to learn, and I wanted our kids to experience what they learned and they're kind of the magic happened. And you speak of creating that Western uh, motif in the classroom. I think that was partly the result of me during that break, going out to the farm and cutting wood for our wood stove mm. and splitting wood. And part of it was bringing back some big chunks of uh, trunks of trees to uh, create part of the room. And I think we found some pallets or something to create a little mini stage and we just took it from there. Mm -hmm. But I just saw that as something that uh, you students would maybe uh, identify with. Yeah, it was so great. And then it extended, as I mentioned in the intro, you know, you, you, you like you couldn't shake us. So, you know, your, your introductory class came back to, uh, to either haunt or, 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 or bless you later when you took on this really great role um, as really, I think, you know, uh, at least for us, definitely the first you know, kind of youth group leader um, in, and uh, in, in do you even, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you remember what it was called? Well, I don't know what we exactly called our group, but we fashioned it after a uh, program out of Wilmer, Minnesota called Youth for Christ. Yep. And so, yep. And so, yep, and so we call it, and I have to admit, I had to, I had to text my brother and say, so it's called CYF. And so Youth for Christ and ours was CYF, Christian Youth Fellowship. And, um, and so, so you, you took that on 
and uh, and continued to to kind of influence us. And so, how how where did that was that a natural just evolution from you know kind of the teaching and then also maybe your own kind of faith background or or was it one of those things so often you know we hear folks that end up in these very influential roles and they just sort of stumbled into them um how how did it how did it happen for you well my wife laura and i both um grew up in christian homes and we were involved with many church activities as kids and uh in fact uh even in my years in high school, we didn't technically call it a president or a lead, but I was kind of one of the people that had our youth program in our church going all the way through high school. Hmm. And I guess it, it got the attention of some people because uh, I even ended up with a scholarship to go to a Christian junior college following high school. And so I think, you know, from the very beginning, I remember getting scolded for crawling under the pew in church, probably when I was a preschooler. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all the way through uh, my youth, we were always a part of church and involvement in activities. And then in college, I had the privilege of actually going all the way to Texas to a um, church camp and experiencing um, some what I will call life-changing and faith-rich um, experiences. And I think you take all that together and kind of shape it into what my wife and I had growing up. We just wanted to see the next generation have similar experiences to grow closer, um, first of all, to Christ and our Lord, but also to grow closer into uh, your own families and also with each other. Because uh, the Lord put us on this earth for a reason, and we just hope that we could touch the lives that that reason could continue through the the hearts and lives of our youth. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. Who who were you know? We talk a lot on this on this show about um, <clears throat> you know the whole the whole sort of conceit is about men of faith, and 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 then the other, and then the men in their lives that that kind of influence them. When you think back, you know, to growing up. Um, you know, aside from the experiences that you're mentioning, were there any men, uh, like individuals, that that you remember being as, you know, particularly uh, formative for you when you were growing up in the faith? In high school, um, our pastor T, Pastor Thompson, was a a powerfully uh, enlightening and uh, insightful man, and. Uh, He's the one that worked with a handful of us kids to create an ecumenical community Bible study, much like we did um, with you folks. Uh, He really touched our lives in uh, high school, and I think he was probably the catalyst to move me forward. I had Mm -hmm. some professors in college that also um, shaped some of the ideas and thoughts we had um, as a group of kids and in college, he encouraged me to get together with some other students in a Christian outreach program where we learned to sing, act, and even preach and go to uh, churches on Sundays and uh, do outreach services. And so that professor specifically was Mr. A. Mm. And uh, those gentlemen really, really touched my life. And I think they just kind of were takeoffs from there. Yeah. Yeah, no, oh, it's so great. What what's it what's it like? You know, so <clears throat> you played such a, as I've been you know saying here ad nauseum, such a such a great role for all of us growing up. You know, you were a kind of the 
a little bit of a Clark Kent, you know, kind of guy. You were the teacher by day, and then you know this this really cool mentor, and you know almost a almost like a kind of like a faith coach, you know, by night. Um, and then, you know, with the retreats or, or the, I remember the concerts we'd go to and camp out. And, and so you played that role, like you had the dual kind of citizenship, if you will, uh, in both sort of the secular and, and, the, and the spiritual. As a, um, as a, as a educator for so many years, but then really as an administrator, you know, for the last, you know, gosh, 30 uh, years or so, um, ha- how has that has that changed at all? You know, like when you're, when you know, when you look at the role that that the the teachers that you've worked with and and have worked for you at play, you know, is there is there still the opportunity for you know these influential adults to kind of play both roles, or is there more? Uh, you know, sometimes I just feel like there's so much. Yeah, uh, of a, of a, the separation between sort of church and state is so so great now, uh, and 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 the secular world is winning most of the time. And I'm just wondering if if you've seen that, like, could there be a you? Could could you do today what you did, you know, 40 years ago? You know, or or has it changed? There's certainly challenges today, um, but. I never say never because um, where there's a will, there's a way. And also uh-huh. through the power of God and uh, opening doors and taking advantage of opportunities, I think there's a lot of ways people can still uh, be involved and reach other folks, youth, children. But um, that separation of church and state is is certainly something that in a public school setting, you have to respect. But with that being said, I've had many, many opportunities to work with many other, what I will call dedicated and committed Christian men and women, their families and their children, and some things through church, some things through extended activities, and uh, even school partnerships. And Mm -hmm. so um, we continue to move forward and try to touch lives. But the biggest thing that I can share is you have to live by example. And if you can live by example and demonstrate a walk that is um, committed to what I guess you would like, I'd like to say Christ-like, we're, we're far from perfect and far hmm. from what Christ is. But um, what an amazing example to try and live up to. And you just try to share those same examples with those that you're around. And so I try to inspire my students. And I've got a school full of 12, 13, and 14-year-olds right now, which definitely at times need a lot of inspiration. (laughs) Um, And at the same time, you build relationships with their parents. You build relationships with the community around you from um, businesses to churches. And uh, you forge forward. Yeah, yeah, and so and so often we talk on this show, and so many of the wonderful um, men that we've had that have been examples of you know this just kind of everyday divinity, and just in the way that they live, you know, even if they're not, you know, quoting scripture, you know, every other every other uh, every other sentence, it's it's in how they live and how they treat each other, how they love, and that is that is Christ-like, and so that. Uh, can kind of sneak 
sneak through, <laughs> sneak through the way that we live our everyday lives. Um, well, when you live by example, no one can take that away from you. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about, um, about Laura earlier and, and, uh, another very, very common, uh, thread that gets woven, um, through all of the guests that we've had here on MANA is, um, the, the influence, the inspiration, um, just the partnership of, of, a uh, oftentimes even stronger woman of faith <laughs> that is, that is alongside us. Was that, has that always been a, um, kind of ingredient uh, in your marriage or did that emerge over time? She is my pillar. She is my rock. We um, have held each other up in the peaks and valleys of life. Um, She is one of the strongest Christian women I've ever known. And I'm proud to say we've been married 41 and a half years. That's fantastic. And, and has, was that always like from day one? Is that was that kind of part of the bargain, or when you guys started dating and started thinking about it, or, or was that something that you guys kind of both both grew into or over the years? I think it's what we both grew up as, and yeah. when we came together, it just continued as one. Yeah, that's fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, well, it's just been, it's so great to, to kind of reconnect after all these years and especially, uh, for this reason, it's just, um, it's just wonderful. Kind of a, not, I'm not going to say a full circle because hopefully there's, hopefully it's more of like a figure eight or it'll kind of keep going and then we'll kind of have another circle. But, uh, but anyway, for, for this portion of the eight, uh, as we close out our, uh, our, uh, the big show here, uh, we've made it to the fun segment here where uh, we ask the same three questions of every guest and uh, and then we basically uh, we basically judge you on your answers I'm kidding <laughs> we don't uh, I definitely the flunk. <laughs> exactly uh, so anyway uh, three questions uh, and um, just to see uh, to see what you think about these so okay question number one fun segment question number one if Jesus knocked on your door, uh, all the way down there in sunny and much warmer Arizona than it is up here in Minneapolis here, especially today. Uh, if Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow morning and just wanted to hang out for the whole day, just you and him, you got the whole day together with Jesus, what are you going to do with him? Well, assuming that he would go with me, I would take him north about an hour from here and go to what we call the Mogollon Rim, which is a beautiful, beautiful range of mountains and has some of the most beautiful views anywhere in the United States. Hmm. And there's a spot there that I like to go to where you can sit on a couple of rocks and look over uh, the western horizon and see beautiful trees, the sunlight, the clouds, everything. And that's where I'd love to take him and sit and celebrate the wonders that we've been given. And I would just like to listen and visit and learn what I can in the time I'd have with him. Hmm. That sounds wonderful. That's the best, best way to spend the day there. <clears throat> All right, fun segment question number two. If you could go to church with any other guy, living or dead, uh, famous or not, um, you can know him, you don't have to have known him, um, the only rules is uh, you're going to go to church and you're going to go with a guy. 
uh, who are you going to go to church with? That's an easy one for me. Um, both my father and my father-in-law have had a profound impact in my life. Um, I lost my dad to cancer three years ago, and my father-in-law is still with us. And sadly, he is dying of brain cancer as we record this. Mm. And he is such a strong man of faith that every day that we're with him is a gift now. And uh, he was a, uh, a church deacon at his church. Um, well, still is. He just can't attend. His health is too fragile. But if I could load him up and take him to church, I would sit in the front row, the front mm -hmm. pew, and we'd hold hands and listen to uh, pastor and uh, just celebrate everything the church is and has been and will be for the future. He's such a man of faith that um, the reason I say holding hands is just touching him is awe-inspiring. He's just uh, a radiating man uh, that loves, loves, loves Christ. And uh, that would be my date to church. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, what, what a great uh, what a great time to be able to ref or, uh, reflect on that. That's beautiful. Um, all right, last question. And, you know, this is one I think if I would have been paying more attention uh, way back in the mid-80s, I could probably cite something that you did actually say uh, to a younger man at the time. Uh, but fun segment question number three is if you could give one piece of advice to a younger man, um, an emerging man of faith, um, about how to live a life of faith, how to live a just a confident life of faith, just like you have, like you've lived by example your whole life. But if you had to distill it down into one piece of advice for that younger man that you're going to catch upstream, um, what would that piece of advice be? Uh, it's kind of a sentence, but I I kind of summarize it like this. You have to love God, you have to love your family, and you have to love the world you're in. You have to walk by faith and be an example to others so that you can influence and hopefully impact the lives of many. Wow, that's great. Well, I can say firsthand that that is advice that you um, not only um, – give but live by and uh there's a lot of a lot of young uh, men and a lot of young women out there that are uh older <laughs> men and women now that that benefited from that so i want to thank you again so much mr quizberg for uh not only being here today and sharing your wonderful story and your and just such a deep well of faith that you have but also um very personally uh, and on behalf of all of my fellow uh, Annandale uh, alumni for everything you did for us way back when, because it really did. You made a big difference and we are all uh, the, the, the better and the blessed for it. So thank you again. What you have to remember is, is all of you made our lives richer as well. And we were glad to do it. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.